Welcome to the Mile High Flight Show, where a Jets fan and a Broncos fan get together to talk about the NFL and the world of sports. I'm your host, Ryan Marinholtz, and let's jump right into this. we got a ton to talk about today, as always, but this is going to be a fun week for sure. So let's jump right into our weekly question here. Is it time to be concerned about Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos? And we put this poll up on Twitter for you guys uh, with three options. The first one being, uh, duh. And the second one, let's give it some time. And the third, everything is fine with that dog in the fire all around a meme. <laughs> but the winner ended up being, uh, duh, with 60%. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this in the last couple of weeks, obviously, as things have gotten or gone down. And uh, this poll did go up before the week three game. So I think that changes a little bit of the context for some people. Um, but, you know, it's a, there's a lot of valid concerns to be had um, and a lot of things that uh, not only don't look good for an NFL team, uh, but they look like league worst in terms of, uh, you know, game management and some of those things that have happened over the last few weeks. And uh, just getting the, the offense going in the red zone offense, obviously, as well. Um, so I think that's totally a valid opinion. But uh, we can go ahead and talk about uh, some more today, as well as the week three game that, like I said, I think changes the context a little bit for Broncos fans, even though there's still some uh, concerns to be had. So let's jump right into the news stories here. Uh, the first one, Titans left tackle Taylor Lewan out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, really unfortunate for him. He suffered a lot of injuries in the last few years and missed a lot of time. Uh, a really good player that uh, really could be a, a, one of the top tackles or arguably is one of the top tackles in the league, but just can't stay on the field. Uh, so you hate to see it for him. Yet another season gone with injury and I uh, hope he can recover well and uh, come back soon. Bill's safety, Micah Hyde, out for the season as well with a neck injury, uh, and you hate to see that, especially with his teammate going down with a, a severe neck injury as well, um, you know, but at the same time, glad that they're uh, holding him out and making sure that he's going to be fully healthy. Uh, neck injuries are nothing to play with, uh, you know, that can affect you for the rest of your life, so uh, hopes are up for him to uh, recover the best he can and come back next season with a vengeance. Ravens signed Jason Pierre-Paul to a one-year $5.5 million deal, and yeah, the Ravens defense been uh, struggling a little bit, both in the secondary and with pass rushing, and I think this is a really nice move uh, to bring in a veteran with championship mentality, uh, championship experience, and um, nine fingers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about that, uh, and a rare mid-season non uh, you know like veteran minimum deal they give him some nice money there obviously well deserved for what he's done in the past but we'll see what he uh, can do for the Ravens former NFL defensive end Austin Lane earns a UFC contract with a first round technical knockout of Richard Jacoby on Dana White's contender series uh, so a pretty fun story there Austin Lane in the league for a few years there I believe with the Jaguars and maybe one other team um, but yeah, making a career change over to the UFC. We've seen that from uh, some other people like Greg Hardy. Um, and so good for him to earn a UFC contract and yet another story from the Dana White contender series uh, moving up into uh, the UFC there. Former Broncos wide receiver and Super Bowl champion Emmanuel Sanders joins NFL Network. I absolutely love this move for him. Uh, he talked a little bit in his retirement press conference about the fact that he was going to be going into TV. And uh, yeah, I mean, a really, really solid move for him. He's got a great personality. He's been on NFL Network before and has showed that uh, he has the chops to do it. 
um, and I think he's he's only going to rise from here. So I'm really excited to see uh, uh, what he turns that career into. Nick Mangold was inducted into the Jets' Ring of Honor on Sunday during the game versus the Bengals. Uh, you absolutely love to see it, a true vet. Uh, I know that Enrique absolutely loves this move as well. Um, you know, somebody that uh, just like emanates true Jets football, and it reminds me of uh, his relationship with the Jets, almost like Joe Thomas and the Browns, and, you know, not to crap on the Jets, but sticking through a team through some really, really rough times and just being a solid, uh, great player for them, Pro Bowl player for them, um, and not only that, but uh, being almost like an ambassador for the team uh, in his retirement and just being such a, uh, a Jets fan, <laughs> you know, so good for him. You absolutely love to see that. Broncos hire former Ravens assistant head coach slash special teams coordinator Jerry Roseberg to be a senior assistant to Nathaniel Hackett and help with game management decisions. Rosberg was with the Ravens from 2008 to 2018 before retiring and is widely respected across the league. Uh, And he had some prior experience in the league as well. I believe he came into the NFL in like 2001. Don't quote me on that, but... Um, yeah, and uh, we'll talk about uh, about it a little bit later when we get through the games, but uh, he did make his debut in Week 3 versus the 49ers, and uh, you can already see his impact. So uh, a great hire in my opinion. I do think I will address some people viewed this move as, like, I guess weak or like a defeat from Nathaniel Hackett, like he's like admitting he can't do it. But I think that that's the positive of the move, right? In my opinion, at least, is you love to see your head coach, your first-time head coach, uh, who's receiving a a ton of criticism, and rather than getting defensive and saying, now we're going to figure it out, we got it, it's not a big deal, he realizes, okay, I need some help with this, you know? And he goes out and gets one of the more widely respected coaches uh, in the league that has done it for a long time uh, and did it well with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, to me, that's a positive to be able to look at your flaws, accept them even mid season. Uh, and then it, apparently he also went to George Payton and George Payton went to, uh, Greg Penner and the new, uh, uh, ownership there of the Denver Broncos and asked for this move to be made. Um, and so personally, that's something I love to see from my head coach trying to learn from his mistakes. And, you know, maybe later on, once he has more experience, he has had this help from Jerry Rosberg. Maybe he can do it on his own, Uh, but being able to admit right now, hey, you know, this is a little bit too much on my plate and we need to win right now. So why don't we go out and get somebody uh, who's going to be able to help us do that? So I absolutely love that move. The NFL is replacing the Pro Bowl with a week of skills competitions and a flag football game set to be played in Vegas the week prior to the Super Bowl. Uh, absolutely love this. I think it was long past time for the Pro Bowl to uh, be gone just because it's, you know, any, anybody who's watched the Pro Bowl uh, in the last decade plus, they play slow because they don't want to get injured. It's at that point in the year, like, why are you going to risk being injured? It's a fun game. And, you know, I think that's fine for the players. Uh, and I, I never really minded it because I understood the context of it, but a lot of fans really, really did not like it because it's just not super fun to watch. Um, and so I think this is going to be uh, better and more entertaining. You bring back some of those skills challenges that we saw like in the early 2000s. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. Uh, even on YouTube, people clearly love that stuff. It gets a ton of views when they uh, put those old clips up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see that, especially with a brand new batch of uh, talent 
here in the NFL. Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard suffers a non-contact torn ACL in the Monday night game between the uh, or against the Dallas Cowboys, ending his season. Uh, absolutely hate to see it, and this was. It's just one of those things where it's an unfortunate injury. Um, you know, we don't know the exact context, and maybe it was something where it was just on that brink. It was just about to tear, um, and then you watch the play, and he just ran a route, didn't have any contact with the defensive back, and either stepped wrong or it just gave out at that point, and uh, he went down and uh, got carted off, and you hate to see it. Um, so hopefully he can heal well and come back next year. So that does it for our news stories today, and then we can go ahead and go through some of these games in week three. First of all, Chiefs versus Colts. Matt Ryan and the Colts get back on track, just eking out a victory against the always fierce Chiefs, 20-17 on the back of uh, Matt Ryan's 222 passing yards and two touchdowns, with Stephon Gilmore sealing the game on a textbook pass breakup that tipped up into the air and into the hands of Rodney McLeod, or McLeod, sorry and Yannick Ngakwe racking up a nice sack as well. And the Colts' defense did a solid job containing the Chiefs' explosive offense, holding them to 262 passing yards, with nobody getting over 100, and only a 49 rushing yards on the day, leading to some frustration shown between Pat Mahomes and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy um, right before halftime there. Uh, so, you know, obviously the Chiefs don't want to lose to uh, the Colts who just got blown out by the Jaguars, but the Colts obviously wanting to uh, get a really nice win against a good team after getting blown out. Um, so it really had that motivation to get a win, and they got it there on the back of some really nice plays, um, especially that Stephon Gilmore. I mean, it looked like it was just going to be another, uh, you know, like Bills and Chiefs game of last year where uh, Mahomes is able to drive down the field with barely any time left, like literally like 16 seconds left or something like that. Um, but Stephon Gilmore did his thing, and uh, that game was over. Titans versus Raiders now. After getting embarrassed by the Bills last week on Monday Night Football, the Titans rebound in a big way against the Raiders despite a nice showing from Derek Carr, racking up 303 passing yards and two touchdowns to one interception, with Mac Hollins having a true breakout game, making eight receptions worth 158 yards and a touchdown, plus showing up with a huge catch on the Raiders' last drive as they made a final comeback push. But it just was not enough as the Titans' defense made a huge stop on the two-point conversion to win it. And with that, the Titans' offense did what they had to, uh, reaching just over 100 yards rushing, and Ryan Tannehill putting up a solid 264 yards with a touchdown and an interception on their way to their first victory this year. Um, And yeah, about time for the Titans to get rolling against a good opponent. Uh, The Raiders just in a lot of tight games this year, and things are not going their way. Um, You know, you saw last year kind of a similar situation. They were in a lot of tight games. They were in those games, and a lot of them went their way. And unfortunately, thus thus far, three tight games and three games that have not gone the Raiders' way. Um, You know, as a Broncos fan, I'm not exactly complaining about it. (laughs) But uh, that also means that they're going to have quite a grudge, more so than they already had, coming into Week 4 with the Broncos being tied for first place in the division and the Raiders now 0-3. Bengals versus Jets. The Bengals got back to their winning ways versus the Jets this week in a 27-12 victory where the Jets defense struggled to keep up, but the production didn't come from star wide receiver Jamar Chase, who rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner was able to hold to just 29 yards on six receptions throughout the day, 
with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins stepping up to fill the void, uh, putting up just about 100 yards receiving each on the day. And the Jets' offense, on the other hand, wasn't necessarily bad, but struggled to run the ball with only 37 yards on the day and Joe Flacco throwing for a respectable 285 yards. But the real killer was the four turnovers that the Bengals forced, with Flacco fumbling three times and the Bengals recovering twice, plus he threw two picks. The Bengals had a little extra motivation to get back on track in this game after going 0-2 before today. Adding to the woes, rookie standout wide receiver Garrett Wilson suffered a rib injury in the first half uh, before returning in the second half to play, and we await more information on the full extent of his injury, but we're glad it doesn't appear severe. Um, he's having a great, great season so far, um, and as is uh, some of the other rookies there in Sauce Gardner, uh, you love to see it for the Jets, just unfortunately, uh, kind of, you know, like I was talking about the Raiders, the Bengals coming off of a Super Bowl uh, 0-2, just struggled those first two games and really had a, a reason to win uh, today, and uh, they did that against the Jets, um, so just an unfortunate outing for them, but uh, hopefully, I believe the plan is, uh, barring any setbacks, that Zach Wilson should be back next week for week four, so uh, I think that that is really going to be where uh, we can pay attention to this Jets team and see them uh, really turn into what they can be. Now, Broncos versus 49ers. The Broncos beat the 49ers in a gritty win that moves them into first place in the AFC West, tied with the Kansas City Chiefs, as the Broncos' defense forced three huge turnovers plus a safety to keep the offense in striking distance, and despite early struggles, the offense looked cleaner in some aspects than it has in the previous two games, avoiding costly penalties and getting play calls in with more than enough time, avoiding even one delay of game penalty after the abysmal showing last week in that department. And in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson took the team on his back, leading them down the field with a nice scramble and pass for a big chunk to none other than Kendall Hinton, a couple good runs, and a nice timing pass to Cortland Sutton on a comeback route to get them in the red zone before Melvin punched it in for the Broncos' first red zone touchdown of the year and the game ceiling points. Special teams was also fantastic, limiting the 49ers or any 49ers return yards and often pinning them back near their own goal line, putting the defense in great condition. Uh, it wasn't a pretty win, but the Broncos showed growth in all three phases, and despite heavy criticism, Nathaniel Hackett showed he can put his ego aside, accept fault, and fix his mistakes. Uh, this could be a turning point for the Broncos' season if they can keep the momentum going and continue to improve offensively and with those penalties. And yeah, as we talked about, you could immediately see the impact of uh, Jerry Rosberg in that, uh, you know, addition there uh, to the coaching staff and even his first week as he's first uh, just getting here. Um, you know, it looked a lot cleaner. You could tell that they really had focused on that uh, after the game. Russell Wilson, too, said that all week they were really stressing uh, in practice, uh, just getting in and out of the huddle and getting the plays in and making sure they have enough time to uh, you know, take a step back, diagnose the defense, uh, and not just be uh, in a rush getting up to the line and uh, potentially getting those delay of game penalties. So even just that was huge. But all the other penalties looked a lot better. Um, Garrett Bulls did have some holding penalties, but at the same time, a lot of those were ones where against a really formidable 49ers line, you would rather him get a holding penalty than uh, one of those big defensive ends just totally take out Russell Wilson, uh, your $250 million man. So um, I'm pretty okay with that. And uh, I did want to say too, you could really tell on that red zone touchdown, uh, just right on the goal line, especially after those goal line fumbles we had, 
the entire team wanted that so bad. If you go back and watch that play, uh, the 49ers really wanted to get a push in there and, and stop it, but every block was made really great. Uh, even Andrew Beck, our fullback there, uh, slash tight end hybrid, he had a super nice lead block. Uh, he had some really nice angle blocks, and we had some extra offensive linemen out there as well, um, and Melvin was pretty much able to just walk in. Uh, and then good for him, too, after having uh, two fumbles on the game, uh, which I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe we lost one, and then he was able to recover uh, the other one. But uh, just, you know, yeah, giving Broncos uh, fans a little bit of a scare, um, but he was able to come back and get those points, and you could tell how excited the team was for that. And it's really, really nice to see Russell Wilson sort of come out of his shell um, and show some of the stuff that he's always shown in Seattle with that scrambling and those uh, just last second, you know, uh, like second play after the first play ends kind of plays, um, especially to Kendall Hinton getting raised off the practice squad and making a huge, huge play to convert a third down for like 27 yards or something like that on that drive. Um, you know, obviously, as a Broncos fan, you're still worried about the offensive consistency. Uh, we really only had the one scoring drive all day. Uh, and other than that, we had the safety, which uh, would have been a pick six by Bradley Chubb had Jimmy Garoppolo not stepped out of the end zone prior to throwing it. Um, but we'll take the two points. Uh, and that ended up being the difference in the game. It would have been uh, nine to 10 instead of 11 to 10 had we not gotten those two points. Um, so we'll take it. We will absolutely take it. And I think this is a big win uh, against a really good team. And especially coming after uh, losing to the Seahawks, for one thing, but then barely, barely winning against the Texans. To be able to have a win like this, even though it wasn't super pretty, right? But you see the offense start to blossom a little bit towards the end there. You start to see Russell get comfortable. Um, and you see him do his thing in the fourth quarter. Our guys stepped up and, and played like that as well, uh, which is something that in the past we haven't done. Uh, if we've been in close games in the fourth quarter, a lot of times we've rolled over and lost those games. And uh, I think this, like I said, could be a, a big turning point for the Denver Broncos uh, as they find their identity. And these are the types of games where uh, this puts a lot of faith uh, between the players and saying when we get into those types of situations we can do that we can win those types of games against good uh, good opponents and a reminder that this 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo last year and the last couple years uh, has been a contender so you know obviously Jimmy Garoppolo got replaced for a reason with Trey Lance uh, because they felt like they, he wasn't necessarily going to take them all the way to the promised land but he knows how to win and fortunately, the Denver Broncos were able to take care of business uh, on Sunday night there. So for some of the rest of the games, we'll go rapid fire. Uh, and in other news across the league, we'd be remiss not to mention the Dolphins defeating the Red Hot Bills 19-21, just skimming out a victory with the Bills struggling in the Miami Heat and the Dolphins almost blowing it at the end with a now infamous butt punt <laughs> as Thomas Morstead backed up in his own end zone, punted the ball right into the cheeks of his teammate uh, and out of the end zone, resulting in a safety and giving the Bills an opportunity to go down and win it with a field goal, but they unfortunately missed their chance, not being able to spike the ball down in time to stop the clock before it ran out on them to end it. And um, yeah, I mean, a tough loss for the Bills, a preventable loss for the Bills, um, but ironically, as uh, funny and talked about as it has been, the butt punt and that 
uh, safety, in my opinion, could have like saved the game because you think about, I mean, you're punting from your end zone, right? So you're going to be lucky to get that downed at your 50. You know, you're already looking at a decent field position. And granted, had they not gotten the safety, uh, it would have been, they would have been required to get a touchdown. But we're talking about the Bills, who's been uh, one of, if not the top offense in the league so far through three weeks. And so uh, I like the chances more of being able to, uh, you know, do your your safety punt kickoff thing. I don't know what the actual term is for that. Um, after the safety and uh, getting at least down the field farther than you would have just punting out of your own end zone uh, and making them have to drive down the field. And fortunately for the Dolphins, uh, they got saved by the clock and uh, now it's history. But uh, very possible if they didn't get that safety that uh, the Bills could have turned around and got a touchdown and sealed it there uh, with really good field position. Next up, in the first game of the week, the Browns outdid Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, winning 29-17, but the highlight of the game came from rookie wide receiver George Pickens, who made an all-time one-handed circus catch that rivals even the famous Odell catch from years back. Uh, What a freaking catch. I mean, if you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube or social media or whatever. Um, Just a ridiculous catch radius from that rookie and uh, very excited to see what he can continue to do. Um, especially as Mitchell Trubisky starts to find him a little bit more um, because so far they really just have not had that chemistry together um, despite a really good showing in the preseason uh, getting thrown to by Kenny Pickett. Baker and the Panthers get their first win of the season over a tough opponent in the Saints with the Saints defense struggling and Jameis throwing two picks to help them along. And yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to say about this other than good for Baker to finally get that first win uh, and against a good team too. Uh, Jameis obviously uh, unfortunately got in his own way as he does uh, fairly often, but uh, he's been a lot better about it lately and today was just not one of those days for him. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens stave off the Patriots after they kept it competitive through the third quarter, but Mac Jones fell apart in the fourth, throwing multiple interceptions and Nelson Aguilar losing a fumble to seal it on the back of Lamar's five total touchdowns, uh, four passing and one running, and yet another 100-yard rushing game. And as the game was ending, Mac Jones unfortunately suffered a severe high, high ankle sprain, which will keep him out. Uh, for an as-of-yet undetermined amount of time as they decide whether or not he will have surgery. You know, obviously you hate to see injuries for any player, um, especially a starting quarterback for a team. Um, And yeah, that was rough to see. He was clearly in a lot of pain, um, probably some torn ligaments in there. And we'll just have to see exactly how long uh, he'll be out. The last that I've heard is that they're uh, debating whether or not to have surgery on it. And then uh, Mac Jones is looking for a second opinion while the Patriots are uh, hoping to just have him rehab and uh, potentially come back in uh, what they hope to be four weeks. But we'll just have to see what that ends up being for them. And finally, uh, the Jags stun an injured Chargers team at home 38-10, with Justin Herbert playing with his rib injury after being questionable all week, but the Jags D was able to stifle them, and franchise left tackle Rashawn Slater unfortunately went down late, increasing their offensive woes. And on the other side of the ball, losing both middle linebacker Kenneth Murray, who did end up coming back later in the game, uh, and star edge rusher Joey Bosa uh, with a groin injury, 
and the new look Jags offense led by Trevor Lawrence was just too much to handle. Uh, they really have started to look a lot more cohesive under Doug Peterson there, both offensively and defensively. Um, really, that defense looked really good. Um, and the, I mean, obviously the Charger, Chargers offense struggling. Uh, they did also lose uh, Jalen Guyton, unfortunately, for the season with a torn ACL. Um, so yeah, I mean, just racking up those injuries, you're already missing Keenan Allen. You're already missing Donald Parham uh, as a tight end there. Um, so Justin Herbert, along with playing injured, uh, is now missing his uh, blindside tackle and a lot of those receiving threats. Um, so it, just a, a tough, tough time. And I believe actually JC Jackson unfortunately missed this game as well, uh, just continuing to rehab that ankle injury after playing last week. Um, but yeah, a great win for the Jaguars, a confidence-building win for the Jaguars, and uh, for the Chargers, uh, a tough start to the season with a lot of these injuries. So that is going to do it for us today. Of course, check us out on social media at Mile High Flight Show on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and at MHFS Podcast for both Twitter and our merch on Redbubble. Thank you so much to everyone that listens. This has been the Mile High Flight Show, and we'll see you guys next week.